worshiping the Lord and I said, I said, Lord, I don't, I need to know what you want to give to this group, to, to this Bethel family on, on Sunday. And this is what he started downloading in me. Um, he said, remember your birthright and inheritance. Now, if you've heard me preach before, you know my slogan is buckle up. Buckle up, okay? Um, but he said, remember your birthright and inheritance, who your father is. No one can take that from you. But you are to share that correctly. You are assigned to make a difference. And so I pondered on that, on that word. You are assigned to make a difference. Um, are you sharing correctly? Remember your birthright and inheritance. And then I just, I began to ponder that um, song, The Blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. And that's, there's, I think, two or three scriptures that that song was taken from. Um, I know for sure two. I think there's a third one, actually. Uh, but the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. And then it just goes on. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations. Can you, think, can you imagine a thousand generations? Holy smokes. Your family and your children and their children and their children, may the favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children. He is for you. He is for you. And that song just reminded me of how powerful my birthright and my inheritance. You see, I was born in. If you've ever studied a birthright, like if you've, I've got the definition here. Birthright, any right or privilege to which a person is entitled by birth. Think about that as in relation to your, to your heavenly father. An inheritance. Something that is or may be inherited. Property, possessions passing at the owner's death to the heir or those entitled to succeed. Legacy. The genetic characteristic transmitted from parents to offspring. Taken collectively. Something as quality, characteristic, or in material possessions received By this succession. And so I, I just begin to ponder this whole thing, this word. 
And it got me thinking, how do I carry my inheritance? How do I carry my inheritance? How do you think about that? How do I, how do you carry your inheritance from the Lord? How do I carry my inheritance in the middle of a pandemic? How do I carry my inheritance when there is a war for and against power? How do, I how do I carry my inheritance in a rioting culture? How do I carry my inheritance when a requirement from the government to close my businesses? How do I carry my inheritance in a mandatory masks in public until September? You see, hear me out. I am not advocating that we should not stand up for what is right and call wrong, wrong, okay? Because that's what we should do as Christians, okay? But listen, and listen, I've been very vocal about things that I feel are wrong. But then the Lord arrested me on something yesterday. He said, are you sharing those things from your inheritance. Does that make sense? Are you sharing those things from a place that I've given you? This, this, this inheritance. So I sat down yesterday and I asked the Lord, Lord, I understand my identity is in you. I understand that I am a child of yours. And I am every day striving to learn more and more about my inheritance, okay? We all should be doing that, right? Like, that is something really cool. If you've ever studied your um, family line, your ancestry, it's a really cool thing to do. Sometimes it's a really scary thing to do. But it's a really cool thing to do. And that's what we should be doing with our inheritance from the Lord, with our birthright, with our stamp that says, He, you are mine, you are mine. See, I was born and you were born with a stamp that says you were created by God. Right? And so um, I just began to tell him that. And I believe he brought me to a scripture. And that scripture is 2 Chronicles 7.14. And we're going to read that. And I just want to leave this scripture up there. Um, Tyler, the whole service. Um, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now we have, I would say most of us have probably heard that scripture before. Okay, And you typically hear that scripture during a natural disaster or there's a moral issue that's going on or uh, if we're in distress. And the Lord has a habit and we, always, and we can see it in history that he brings healing to our land during those times. We can all attest to that, right? But you see what it also says in this scripture is if my people who are called by my name, that's the part I want to focus on. 
if my people who are called by my name. What does that mean? That means that you and I have responsibility. He heals the land. But it's instigated by the people who share his name. Did you get that? It's instigated. He's the one that heals the land. But it's instigated by the people who share his name. It says, if my people. You see, the Lord put the weight of transformation on his people. He didn't say, when the nations turn to me. He didn't say, when those that struggle with addictions, when they get free. He didn't say, when the marriages are healed. He didn't say any of that stuff. He said, if my people the ones that I gave my name to. It's amazing because he says, if you will ask the Father in my name, anything you ask for will be done for you. And then he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. I am there in the midst. Isn't that interesting that we've been so virtual and some of us have been in like we're in our home with two or three, or two or three are gathered. That's just a random thought that came to me. But isn't that interesting? He is there in our midst. The weight of responsibility for transformational expressions of God rests on the shoulders of those who he has given his name. That's you, that's me. If you call yourself a child of God, that's you and that's me, right? I am giving you a name, now use it to bring change. I'm giving you a name, now use it to bring change. You see, there's a responsibility. We are not just here to take up space. We're not here just to keep busy until I die or Jesus returns. That is not what God called us to do here on earth. And I have heard preachers before um, in, in closed door rooms that just say, you know, I'm just going to hang out here until I die. I want to punch them, to be real frank with you. I, my aggression comes out there. Because I'm like, what are you doing? You were called by God and you're going to sit here and pastor a church till it dies or you die? What are you doing? Get off your rear end and do something to impact and change the kingdom of God. And I have told a couple of them that. It didn't go over well. They still don't talk to me when I see them. I don't really care. But um, they still got issues. Oh, well. Um, there's a responsibility, right? And I want to talk about worship and prayer really quick. And those are both responsibilities and privileges that we have. And I'm going to focus in the prayer because I think that's what, I think that's our key, okay? Now, Brandon, you may say, how in the world does this have anything to do with carrying his birthright and inheritance? Well, I'm glad you asked because... How we pray and what we pray impacts change in our lives. It impacts what we say 
and what we do and ultimately how we transform this crazy world we live in. In the last week or so, I've been really trying to renew that strength uh, in prayer. Um, And I'm going to be honest, it was getting weak. Because there's so much noise in our world right now. More than we have ever encountered. And sometimes, I'm sure we've all said this at one point in the last months this year. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe. I've said that to my wife before. I don't know what to believe. This guy's saying this and this guy's saying this. And the Lord reminded me, I don't care what this person said and this person said. What did I say? What did I say? And that's prayer. It's from our knees that we have the greatest effect on the world around us. Now, God isn't looking for people who can stay busy. He's looking for people who can represent his heart. And right now, I think we as Christians, as Christians as a whole, okay, not, not this room, not just this room. I'm saying Christians as a whole are not doing very well in this area. Um, I am not, listen to this, this is a, a mouthful, but I want you to think on it. I am not going to represent well in action what I have first haven't found in prayer. I am not going to represent well in my actions what I first haven't represented in prayer. What do I mean? What I post on social media isn't going to represent God well if I didn't first find it in prayer. There are many times I want to rip somebody on social media, and I'm sure we've all been there, but I don't do it. Now, because... I need to go back to the father on this deal. Uh, A debate about COVID with a coworker isn't going to represent God if I first didn't find it in prayer. A discussion about Black Lives Matter riots isn't going to represent God if I didn't first find it in prayer. It's the connection with the heart of God that gives me the authority to represent with absolute confidence the heart of God. It's the connection, the connection with the heart of God that gives me the authority to represent with absolute confidence in the heart of God. The heart of God. He says, if my People will humble themselves and pray. I want to talk about two different ways, two different types of prayer. Um, there's the prayer that says, God, I need you to move on this. Okay? I need you to move here. And then there's the prayer 
that says, God, I need to realign with your heart and will. I call this transformational prayers. I need something to transform my heart and my mind. I'm going to tell you, right now, more than ever, that's where we need to be. Because I've been that guy that have just brought desperate prayers to God, asking him for the big things. And I'm not discounting that, okay? I am not discounting that. Um, I believe that God can and does answer those prayers. And I believe the bigger those prayers are, like, I love to pray big prayers because I love to watch my bigger God take those big prayers and answer them. And we've all encountered that. So I'm not discounting that. But I believe that every prayer we have shouldn't be a prayer of desperate big things needed in our life. You see, because that, I feel like when I'm, I feel like that if all my prayers are these big, giant, desperate, panic prayers that I need God to move in a situation, I'm here and God is here, okay? But when I take the time to say, you know what, God, I'm just going to lay flat on this ground and I'm going to spend time lining up with you. And I'm going to figure out why my mind is wandering. And I'm going to figure out why I have a bad attitude. And I'm going to figure out how to connect more with you so I can be more like you. When that happens, we go from God, way big God up here, us little us down here, to now we are connecting. He's still God. But we have a connection. And so I'm not discounting that. But I think we have those transformational prayers are important. And I believe that, that they are more like giving birth. Now, I have never given birth, okay? But I have sat through three births. And the first one I passed out on. And the second and third one... Well, she hired somebody on the second one. She was like, forget you. You did nothing on the first one. I'm hiring somebody to come in here and coach me. You just stand in the corner. Okay. It wasn't really like that. Okay. But uh, the third one, she, I regained myself on the second one. And the doula fell asleep. So I had to jump in, you know. I mean, it's like 18 hours of labor or something. I don't know if that's even true, but. Like, I know that she fell asleep. I don't know how many hours it was. It just seemed like an eternity. But I just totally diverted on that. But um, I th transformational praying is more like giving birth. Paul even refers to it and says, he is laboring in prayer until Christ is in him. It's a different kind of praying. It's digging in our heels and saying, God, I need your heart and mind in this situation. I need you to come and inhabit me. 
I don't have any big giant prayer that I need from you. Oh, yeah, there are. There's always something you can pray, big and giant, that God needs to intervene. But if you will connect with his heart and you will lock in with him, there's, an, there's a presence, an aura, an anointing that comes on you, that you walk and you move in life with an understanding of the heart of God and how to respond to a, a pandemic and how to respond when, when you're required to wear a mask. And you're going to get to exercise that a lot. Like you're going to get to exercise, am I really, like yesterday I needed Jesus. I told some of my staff, had, we have a group text going in the gym and then another one in the coffee shop. And everybody was flying at me by noon, like I'm getting cussed out. I went into the gym to fix the internet and got th cussed out by three different people because they had to wear a mask. I got cussed out twice in the coffee shop because they had to come in with a mask. And I needed Jesus by noon. I was like, I don't think I've ever been cussed out that many times by noon. And that's saying a lot. And so, like, and so I just, and, and I could have fired back. Because I didn't make the rule, people. I'm just playing by the rule. But I could have just repeatedly rapid fired. But that's not the heart of God. And so I had to say, oh, I got to pause here for just a second and realign myself. Um, I, I know there are times that when you got to dig in and you got to say, I know the heart of God, I know the will of God, and I know there is opposition. I don't necessarily know what the problem is. I just know I have nothing else better to do in my life right now than to square my mind with his. We've got to first spend time with the Lord, deep transformational time to get his heart. And then, listen to this, we've got to put action to it. As Christians, we've got to put action to it. Anything that brings positive transformation or impact to our world is action. Positive. Positive impact. Going off on social media may not be positive impact. Okay? Positive impact. I don't care if it's a phone call to your neighbor who just lost his son or make just to check on him and to tell him you're loving and you're praying for him, or to make a sandwich and take it to the guy on the street corner because he's hungry. Whatever that is, we've got to get the heart of the Father and act on it. A few weeks ago, uh, I was called out to do an estimate in the pest control company um, and so I was called out to do an estimate in Norman. It was like, like far east as I didn't even know Norman went that far. I didn't know where I was going, but it was like no cell coverage, nothing, Norman. And, um, and so I'm driving out there. I pass the place cause it's like back in a corner 
It's like um, like one of those horror movies. Like I'm like, oh, I'm pulling up in here. There's only one way and one way out, in and out, and it's up a hill, and I don't see a house. I'm going to die, and there's no cell phone coverage. So I go, I pull up, I get out. I don't know where the front door is at to the house. There's no front door. The front door and the back door are the same door. Got to go to the back door. So this lady's hollering out the window of the kitchen. That's all I could see was the kitchen window. Go to the back. Oh, boy. Going to die today. And so I go. She, she opens the door. Um, she's drinking whiskey out of a coffee cup which is very interesting, but she was literally had to refill that coffee cup three times while I was there. Um, and so she says, I've got bugs. So I'm like, okay, where are your bugs? So she takes me, she's got uh, literally toothpicks all over her walls, like She's stuck toothpicks all in the walls. She has these giant beams that go across. It was a pretty cool home. Uh, but she's stuck toothpicks all through them. Well, it's, it's knotted. You know, it's knotted wood. It's, and so she thinks that those knots are bugs. And so I'm like, oh, what did I get myself into? And so, like, there's thousands of toothpicks on this home. And she's got them stuck in the floor, in the kitchen, like, they're all over. So I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? She's like, well, she's like, there's something eating my house. She's like, I think it's termites. And I'm like, uh, I don't think it's termites. But, so I'm listening to her. I'm talking to her. Um, we go. She takes me around the home, shows me all of the toothpicks. She, she did, I did find roaches in one room, but that's the only bug I found. And so I'm like, ma'am, look, like, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what this is. Like, I, I, I kind of think it's just the nodding of the wood. She's like, no, no, this isn't nodding. And I'm, I'm in this situation where, um, and I was the seventh pest control company that had been out there that week. Okay, seven. And um, so I just began to listen to her, and I just, just listened. And um, I think it was the whiskey that was talking, to be honest with you. But, um, and I just told her, man, look, let's get a battle plan. I'm a, I don't know what this is, but these are the things I can do to try to solve, to, to see if we can make some level of impact in this. But I honestly believe it's just nodding wood. And she started crying. And, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, like, I, the whole time I'm in this home, I'm praying, one, don't kill me. Lord, protect me. But two, how do I minister to this lady? And I am not the guy that's going to shove Jesus down your throat. It's not how I am. But I am going to share Jesus in a different way. And I just begin to give her things we could start with and try. And she started crying. And she said, you're the, I've had seven pest control companies out. That's the first I had heard of that when she told me that. I was like, oh. And she said, you're the only one that gave me any level of hope. And I said, ma'am, I don't know if, like, I know you've got roaches. I know how to get rid of roaches. But 
I don't know what's going on with your wood. And so I planted a seed. We went in, we did some treatments. Um, and she said, I think these treatments are working. And I am, I'm telling you this story to say this. She said, you're the only person that's given me any level of hope right now. And I want you to know that sometimes you've just got to, you just got to plug that level of hope in. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians is give people hope. Okay. Now, when people are wrong, I believe you have to say you're wrong. But you, do need, you need to do it from a heart of the Father. Um, bring peace and hope. I deposited into her life a piece of my inheritance. And I'm going to continue to because now she's a customer. And there's going to be a day that I can stand up here and say, I led her to the Lord. There's going to be that day. But it's deposits. And you know what? Sometimes I feel like we as Christians hold on to our inheritance because we're scared we're going to run out. Mm. We're scared we're going to run out. And I'm here to tell you that you're never, ever going to run out of God's inheritance. It doesn't stop. Did you know, this is a rant, so I'm going to get a drink of water. Did you know that only 25% of Christians regularly vote? 25% of Christians regularly vote. So what are we doing? We're sitting back watching a cesspool happen before our eyes. It's an action, you see. I, heard, I, I hear it a lot. Christians will say, well, there's just not a good candidate, so I'm just not going to vote. Why don't you just get on your knees and figure out what the Lord wants you to do and then do it? Instead of doing nothing. Because if I do nothing, that's why we end up in the situations we end up in. Because we did nothing. Do something. He has given his name to us. Let's get his heart and act. We have been called to make a difference. We've been called to not just seek his hand but to seek his face. You see, when I ask the Lord, Lord, will you, will you heal this? Will you touch this? We're seeking his hand. We're seeking the hand of God. But when I lay on my face and say, Lord, I just need more of you, I'm seeking his face. And we should seek his face But remember, forgiveness didn't come. We should seek his hands also, okay? That's what my notes say. I'm off. We should seek his hands. I'm not telling you we shouldn't seek hands, okay? But I'm saying we should seek his face. If we will remember, forgiveness didn't come from his hands. It came from his face. 
We've got to recalibrate what's important. When one, when one of my daughters comes up to me and they're upset and they look in my eyes and I make eye contact into their eyes, there's a peace. There's something that changes there. There's a peace that is transferred from their father to them. And that is the same way it is with our heavenly father. If we'll just look up in his eyes and not always look for his hands. The things that frustrate me just get absorbed in his face. The things that frustrate me just get absorbed in his face. Sometimes I think people avoid prayer because they think it takes hours. And I have been in those times of long hours of praying, and they are amazing, and you should not discount them. And if you haven't participated in those, you should do that, okay? But history has been shaped by people who prayed simple, small prayers, but they were all in. They were all in. Don't minimize the power of a simple prayer. The fight that we were born into can only be fought on our knees. You see, when you spend the time in his presence, there comes God confidence. And that God confidence that you can say, can say no, then with that God confidence, you can say no, that's wrong. That's wrong. And stand up, that's not happening on my watch. You can do that when you have that God confidence. Our identity is knowing the heart of God, knowing the mind of God, and knowing why we are here. And if you'll, if, will you come to the, the keys? I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to land this plane. Um, but I want you to... Don't discount. I'm not telling you to keep your mouth shut and let be, be ran over. That is not what I am saying. But I am saying before you open your mouth, hear from the Heavenly Father. That's what I'm saying. If we get out and we vote, we should spend time in transformational prayer before we vote. It's an obligation. It's a responsibility. It's a duty as Christians when it's wrong it's wrong you call it wrong but you call it wrong after you've spent time in the prayer with the Lord and you know that that's what you should do and say there have been many times that I was right but the Lord stopped me in my tracks and said that's not how we're going to handle that because that is not loving people and let me tell you, that's happened a whole lot since January. And I want to pause for just a moment before we, we close because this was a dream that I had last night uh, that I shared during pre-service prayer, and which was amazing. If you have not been to pre-service prayer, I want to encourage you all. It is not just for the band and the leadership team and whoever's here serving. It is for everyone, okay? Starts 
at 9.30 um, in this room. And there are some, it's amazing to watch what God does. Because everyone up here almost that was here today, the words that they gave lined up with the message from today. And nobody knew what I was preaching. There was a dream that I had last night. Uh, and I don't like to dream, okay? I'm a dreamer, but I don't like to dream when I'm sleeping. I want to sleep. I don't want to dream. I want to sleep. Like, let me dream during the day. Like, you know, like, that sounds weird, but you, you know what I mean, I think. Um, but I had a dream last night that this church building, it says Bethel Church outside. But when you walked inside, it was more like a hospital. And the front lobby was triage. And I saw several of your faces working in that triage unit. And people would walk in and you didn't need insurance. You didn't even need to check in because the doctor knew who you were. And you would come in and you would be broke and hopeless. And I remember Candace was one of them. She greeted a young woman that said, I was just raped. And she said, come with me. And she took them in to triage. And she, she worked with them. She started the process. And the doctor came in. You see, it's a partnership. Candace and God work together. And I believe in this next season more than ever. This church will be a hospital. But it's not the Grant and Rachel Wortman responsibility or the Brandon Porter responsibility. It's this group of people coming together and being that hospital. It's us putting action to what we already know the Father is doing. And I want to challenge you, because I didn't know if I was even going to go there today. This whole message is about prayer and action. And I hope you walk away with those two things. A challenge to get on your knees more and not just seek his hands, but seek his face. And to put action to what he has you doing. And to partner together. As Judy Mills said this morning during pre-service prayer, a foot without a leg doesn't work together. It takes both. We need you to see this come to pass. And this leadership team spends an enormous amount of time in prayer 
over this church. And what we really want is to partner together with God. And everybody in this room partner together with God. We should be full of hurting people. And we will be. I'm not shaming anybody. I'm just as responsible as you are. But it's time. Now is the time. Can it get any worse is what Garland said this morning. We're wearing masks. But I, but I know what's going to happen here. God is going to bring beauty out of this situation. And you may not see it right now. You may not feel it right now. But put action in play right now. Faith without action is dead. It's dead. And I don't want to be dead. So we as a church, and I know we have some guests here. Pardon me. Come back for a great message next week because <laughs> they shouldn't have let me do it, you know. <laughs> Rachel and Grant will be back next week. Um, but that's where I'm at, people. I'm ready to put action to my faith. Will you stand with me? If you say, I don't know, I don't know if I have, um, I'm not sure I have that level of faith or I'm not sure I understand how to connect with God, I wanna talk to you afterward. If you, if you, if you need further prayer, if you don't know the Lord, please come up. I will wear a mask. And let me pray with you. Because it's the greatest thing that you can ever do in your life. It's the best decision I ever made. And I take so many times in my life, I take advantage of that. I, ta I take it for granted that I have a stamp that says, you are the birthright of God. bow your head with me. Today, Lord, I pray that you will summons, that you will summons us to your heart. That you will go deeper in our prayer life. That we will go deeper in our prayer life. And that we will seek you before we open our mouths. And Lord, I'm asking that you give us grace for this season. To not fight against flesh and blood. To not mistake people for the enemy. Give us the eyes of a perfect father. Help us to represent you well. 
Lord, I thank you for the reminder that you've given us that now is the time to stand up and act. But to not act until we've first been on our knees seeking your face.